unity. Is that what we need? Is that what we want? We keep hearing that from the current administration. And how do we pursue unity? How do we live in this world? How do we be in this world and not of this world, as Jesus says? And how are we going to do this together? Paul to the Romans says, Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Here it is. If it is possible, live as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Unity is what we're talking about today. Thanks for joining Church Public. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Church Public. I am so glad that you joined us here today. There is just a lot going on in this world, and we are trying to figure our way through it, right? So you uh, may have been listening to some other episodes. If you haven't, go to churchpublic.com. You can also check it out on iTunes. You can find me on all the socials, at Church Public. If you want to pray for us, we want this to go further. If you share this with your friends, um, that would be great because we just want people to know the truth. That's what we're talking about, and the truth is important. And Jesus, who is the truth, says that we have to share this with really whomever will listen. So thanks for listening to me today. Any questions, you can send them my way. I would love to answer them. And today, we're talking about unity. So in the interest of unity... We're just going to be talking about um, what the administration is saying. Like maybe you've heard, maybe you've seen that the administration, the the President Biden now, um, even before he was elected, talked about unity, how we need to have unity, how we need to really focus on, uh, they call it rebuilding and restoring and all these things and finding unity. But as I listen to what he's saying, as I listen to how he's saying it, I get a little bit confused sometimes because sometimes it doesn't sound like he wants unity. What it sounds like is if you follow the guidelines, if you follow the science, if you follow the um, executive orders, he's done more executive orders in the first uh, few weeks that he's been president than any other president uh, in that time frame. And a lot, of them, a lot of them didn't feel like unity to some of us. Things that we've talked about before, like um, his stance on abortion and promoting that both within the country and outside of the country, funding abortions in other nations, funding uh, using taxpayer dollars for abortions in the country. um, That's just one example. And there are a lot of other pieces that how how does that feel like unity? How, How do we pursue unity? And really, before we get into those specific ideas, I just want to back up and talk about America. I think it's important to understand America in terms of what America was founded on, because we were founded on principles like freedom, founded on principles like liberty and life. And um, it's written in as the pursuit of happiness, but really that means the opportunity that you have to work hard and earn a living and and do better um, through hard work, right? And those ideals are things that for a couple hundred years now, Americans have unified around. It's easy to say, hey, I want to be free in this place. I want you to be free in this country. So let's unify around that. Now, you may not agree on how we do taxes, who gets taxed, how much they get taxed. You may not agree agree on certain social policies. We can have those discussions. But in general, at the baseline, We used to agree and 
unify around these ideals of freedom, around opportunity for all, regardless of what you look like, regardless of your gender or color or anything like that. You have the opportunity to work hard and to do as good as you can in this country and to go as far as you want in this country. And many, many people throughout the years have done that. Were there problems? Have there been problems in America? Of course. Have there been injustices in America? Of course. But in many instances, through bloody wars, through um, protests, through, uh, and, and when I say protests, I mean nonviolent protests. We were talking uh, this morning, I was, I was doing some history lesson um, about the, uh, the march that Martin Luther King did um, and how that was a peaceful um, stand in and and you know he went to jail there were there were other things that happened but by and large it was peaceful to accomplish a goal that people could be treated equally and those are wonderful examples of ways that we move forward in this society but now we're hearing more and more that there there's a diverging view of of what America is not that it is unified around the idea that everybody should get what they work for, but that everybody should get what they deserve. And those are two different things. Those are different things because um, everybody can work as hard as they can and grow into you know, the, the best business that they can, the best opportunities that they can. Th- those are situations where if there are hindrances in front of you that stop you from working as hard as you can, we need to get rid of those. But if you want to guarantee that someone gets the same outcome as someone else, we've talked about this before on the show, uh, that doesn't really make sense. For instance, uh, I'm not really a sports guy, but, you know, Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods, great golf guy. I'm a terrible golf guy. To say that if we played golf together, we should have the same score at the end, or even better, I should make as much money as he does for playing golf when I'm mediocre and he's incredible is just kind of ridiculous on the onset. But it's the same principle if you say, because of my circumstances, you should give me more, and the person who works really hard for that, you should take some of theirs away. That is, I mean, some would call that theft uh, or stealing, but it, it, it's not, to, to create this equal thing is really hard. So can we unify around something in between that? That's what's really hard. So again, before I get into all of the, the specific circumstances that are going on right now, I just want to talk about um, the Bible and the passage that we read out of Romans because we are supposed to, as Paul says, live at peace with everyone as far as it's possible. So that's the question of the day, right? Is it possible? Is it possible to live united? And how do we do that? And what does that look like? And I think what we have to do is think about the world and think about the two kingdoms because we really are in two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of the world and we live in the kingdom of the world and we see how the kingdom of the world operates and we see that unfortunately there's a lot of injustice in the world and there's a lot of um, brokenness in the world and and really the world is full of lies because this world as Jesus says is not our home because the kingdom of God is another kingdom and that kingdom is on and above the kingdom of this world, but it hasn't been fully completed yet. It was started when Jesus came into this world and begun his ministry on earth and begun the kingdom of God on this earth, but it hasn't been completed. And you can go and read Revelation and Revelation will give you some of the information about what's going to happen there. The end of Daniel talks about that a little bit too. There's some other uh, verses and chapters that uh, we'll get into at some point, but 
I don't want to talk about end times right now. What I want to talk about is that there are two kingdoms, right? There are, there's the kingdom of this world. We all see it. We all participate in it. We all understand it to some degree. And there's the kingdom of God. And they're not the same. And they don't have the same goals. And they don't function in the same way. So if you are a believer and you are a part of the kingdom of God, because that's what Jesus says. If you're a believer, you're part of the kingdom of God. And, and as Jesus says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world, right? You're you participate in the world, you live in the world, but you're not like the world. You're different than the world because uh, you may see the sticker, the bumper sticker around NOTW, not of this world. My kid actually asked me about that today. What's what's NTW? And I'm like, there's a little O in there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But what it means is that there is another kingdom going on, a kingdom that by and large we can't see because it's a spiritual kingdom right now. It will be a physical kingdom later when God's promise is fulfilled, but right now it's a spiritual kingdom. So how do we exist in these two worlds? If we're in the world but not of the world, can we be united with the world? Well, again, let's look at our role as a believer. If, if you're in the kingdom of God, your goal is holiness, right? Being apart, being like God and God is not like the world because the world is full of hate. The world is full of doubt. The world is full of fear. The world is full of pain. And God is not full of those things. God is full of love. God is full of peace. God is full of joy. We could go through the fruit of the spirit that you read about in Galatians 5. So if the world and the things that are in the world and even the goals of the world and God and his kingdom, if those things are opposite things, can we be united to the world? And my answer really is, no, I don't think we can. I don't think we can be fully united to the world because we are not like the world. We can be in the world, as Jesus says. We can be a light to the world, as Jesus has called us to be. But can we be united with the world? I just don't think we can. I don't think we can in good faith. I don't think we can in integrity. I don't think we can in goal and outcome. Our goal is to be like Jesus and Jesus is nothing like this world. If you don't believe that, read through any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read about Jesus and the things that he goes through in his life and the way the world, the people of the world, even people who claim to be religious, the way they treat him. And a spoiler, not well. It doesn't go well for him because the world is against him basically from day one of his ministry. So, and then when Jesus says, if we're supposed to be like Jesus... And Jesus has said, people are not going to like you. In fact, his language is stronger. People are going to hate you because you are like me if you exist in the world. So how are we going to live in this world? And so here's the thing. I, I don't think we can be united to this world. I just, I just don't. So what does that mean for us? Well, I figure we have two options. I figure we can try to avoid the world as long as possible. And that would look like sitting in your house with the lights off and pretend you're not there and not talk to any people and try to avoid conversations with anybody anytime. And if you're a believer, right? And this is what I mean. If you don't want to say what the world says, if you don't want to agree with the world, if you want to be different, like Jesus calls us to be, then you have to hide away and not tell anybody what's really going on in your heart and what you really believe. Because if you did, then they would find out who you are and, and then you would be not going along with the world standards or the culture, right? So you could try to hide forever. I think this is a flawed plan. I don't think you can hide forever. I think if you go to the grocery store and you're kind to somebody, I think if you work 
at a job and they see you praying over your lunch or reading your Bible or listening to a worship song, they're going to know things about you. They're going to think things about you and they may even ask things about you. And this culture is becoming more and more hostile to the things of God. So your object, your option is to try to hide it, try to hide who you are, try to hide your Christianity, or maybe what I would suggest is a better way to go is to lean into it. You are a child of God. If you follow Jesus, you're a child of God. You're an heir to, to the kingdom of heaven. And you should live like that. I mean, that, that's my simple encouragement. Now, I know that's not easy. I know when you go to your work and you want to pray over your lunch and you bow your head and people are going to look at you and go, oh, there's one of those Christians. Or you have a Bible study before work or you listen to worship music or, or maybe you even talk to people about your faith and tell them, hey, I believe these certain things and, and these things really shape who I am and, and shape my life. And, and then maybe there's another step, right? You could even say, hey, how, how are you dealing spiritually with your life? Where is God in your life? And, and begin to have those conversations. And I know that's scary, and, and we'll talk more about maybe how to do that in the future. But for now, just thinking about like, hey, can you hide your faith? And, and just to, to be really real, right, Jesus um, tells this parable of, of a lamp and a lampstand, right? And he, he tells this parable of, of being a light to the world, and, and he says that, People on a hill, you've heard the city on a hill, right? They, there's this lamp and it's on a stand. So do the people that are on a hill hide it? They say cover it with a bushel. If you're, if you're an experienced Christian, you may know a couple of songs about hiding the light under the bushel. I know it's silly, but um, if you hide it, Jesus says that's not the way you're supposed to live. You're supposed to let your light shine. And the thing about the hill is maybe you live around a hill and you can see, like I live around a hill. In fact, I'm looking at my window at a hill right now. And at night, there are people that walk on the hill and with a little tiny flashlight in their hands, I can see them at the top of the hill. And that's what Jesus says. From miles away, people should be able to know who you are because your light is shining that brightly. And we're supposed to live like that. But again, if the world is full of hurt and brokenness and lies and I would I'd say darkness, if you are the light, you are literally the opposite of that. So can you be unified with that? And my thought is, I don't think you can. I don't think you can be unified with that. So how do we live in such a way that we're unified with each other? And I think that's a better view. Rather than trying to be unified with the world, which I'm not sure is really possible, maybe what we should do is be unified with each other. We should be unified with those that believe in the Bible, believe in a biblical worldview, believe in God, believe in Jesus, because we absolutely can and should be unified with them. We should be unified with them because they are part of the body of Christ. And if we believe in Jesus, we are part of the body of Christ. And God didn't use the analogy of a body for no reason. It makes sense that we are connected and we can't be disconnected when we are disconnected, when we are disunified, the whole body is sick. The whole body isn't working right. And as a church, unfortunately, there are a lot of areas where we have not been unified. And I mean that in denominations, like if you're talking about Protestant church and Protestant denominations, we haven't done a very good job of, of being connected as different churches. And then outside of denominations, like even in from Protestant to Catholic, the Protestant church hasn't done a very good job reaching out to the Catholic church and vice versa. But in these times, 
maybe we should get to a point where we realize we have more in common than we have not in common. And that could be really important. It could be really important for us to work together and to be together and to be together on these issues that honestly are a big part of society right now and a big part of culture. And um, I know I talk a lot about cancel culture and I, and I hate bringing it up over and over again, but these things are important because if unless you hide away forever and ever, um, it is going to come for you. If you believe these things, if you if you act on these things, you believe biblical values and you live in biblical values. If you do anything that shows them, they will come for you. Um, the example, and I may talk about this on a later episode, but the example that literally just happened is, um, I believe it's Gina Carano, the uh, actress in the Mandalorian TV show on, on Disney, was just fired for saying some things that uh, were frustrating or upsetting to the powers that be in Hollywood. That's the only way I can describe it. She said some things about voting and, and that voting should be, um, it, it should be fair and it should, it, should, uh, it should not have problems, right? If there are problems in the voting, if there are opportunities to basically cheat in voting, like we shouldn't have that, which should be a non-controversial statement. I mean, like who doesn't want a fair election? Like, if you don't want a fair election, that, that's a problem. But if you want a fair election, like, and, and she wasn't even necessarily saying that this particular election wasn't fair, though people are saying that. She, she wasn't. She was just saying, hey, we should make sure elections are fair. Um, and then uh, she said some things that apparently were more controversial. I won't get into all the pieces because I, I didn't plan to talk about that today. But the point is, she's not even necessarily or overtly, from what I can see, a Christian or a believer. She's pretty rough. Um, she, was a, she was like an MMA fighter or something, right? Um, but she just said things that the powers that be didn't like, and she was fired not only from the show that she was on and not only from some spinoff shows that she was probably going to be on, but even from the agency that represented her um, as an artist, they let her go too. And again, I'm just saying you're not safe. We've seen it happen to um, cake bakers. We've seen it happen to pizza parlors. We've seen it happen to professors, liberal professors. I've talked about that uh, before. Um, we've seen it happen to other politicians when they voiced their views, like um, Amy Coney Barrett, when she was interviewing to be part of the Supreme Court, they said things like, your dogma is too strong, and I'm worried that your dogma, in other words, like your beliefs, your Christian beliefs, are going to impede you making good judgments about Supreme Court cases, which on its face should be ridiculous. Like if someone has biblical values, like don't kill people and don't steal and don't lie, like it would seem those are good values. But again, what do I know? Um, and then people like Marco Rubio, a senator, was posting scripture verses and, and certain news stories were making complete fun of him for posting scripture references. So again, they're coming for you. And if you, if you post these verses, if you say these verses, if you do Christian things, it, you could end up in a place that, that this canceling happens to you or worse. We don't know. We don't know where this society really is going. So we need to watch out for that and we need to be ready because we need to know that um, we should be unified with those that are 
um, in the body of Christ. That's something we can do. I don't think we can be unified to this world, but I think we should be unified to the body of Christ. And that's something we can do. And it's something that's really important for us to try and do. So I just want to read a couple more verses for you. Um, and because when we're talking about unity, really we're talking about like peace. And so I just wanted to read a couple of verses for you. This is um, like Jesus talking in John 14 says that peace I leave with you because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And if this world is rejecting Jesus, then there cannot be peace in this world. And if there can't be peace, then there obviously can't be unity because we're doing different things. We're, we're acting in different ways. We're talking about different things and we can't be united together because our beliefs literally are opposite, right? Um, and then I just wanted to leave you with this. This is out of, of Luke and Luke's gospel, Luke's recollection uh, and recounting of the life of Jesus. This is Luke 12. And I, I like that in the NIV, actually, the header for this version is that Luke doesn't, uh, that, and this is not in the Bible, like in, in some of your Bibles, there's little headers on top of the sections, and those aren't actually in the language, the Hebrew or the Greek, but they give you an idea of what's coming in, in the chapter. And I, I like that. It's kind of good for us. So at any rate, this in Luke 12, uh, 49, the header is not peace, but division. Because Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. I would wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo and what, I, and what constraint I'm under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? Jesus says, no, I came to bring division. Isn't that a crazy statement from Jesus? Like we have bands constantly singing about peace and peace on earth and all these things. But the reality is Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He goes on to say, from now on, there will be five in a family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They'll be divided father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law and on and on, right? The point here is if you side with God, if you side with Jesus, you are going to be in a place where people don't like you. People that are coworkers, people that are friends, as Jesus says, maybe even your family is going to have trouble with what you say. Because uh, Paul says that the things of this world are confounding, are, are, are unintelligible, are even like impossible to understand. And that's just how it is. Because when you live in a world of lies, the truth is incomprehensible. And if you follow Jesus, who is the truth, and you bring this truth and you bring this light, you bring that truth that goes against lies, and they're not going to like that. People don't like when you tell them the truth. Now, of course, as always, we need to have grace and truth. And I've talked about that before, so I don't need to go into it right now. But I don't think we can have unity with this world. I do think we really should have unity with the body of Christ. So I hope that this has helped you understand what is going on in the world, how we are trying to have unity, but not necessarily with this world. We need to have unity with one another, with the believers. And I hope that you continue to follow God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. I hope that God blesses you. And I, of course, hope that you keep the faith.